Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This week, our lead pastor, Greg Dumas, teaches a message titled, Where is Your Treasure? We hope you enjoy this weekend's message. Amen, amen, amen. Can we welcome our campuses? What's up, you guys? <laughs> South Shore Plant City, what's happening? Delighted that you're here today. We're, uh, this is the last in a series called 90 Day Tide Challenge. And so today we want to answer the question, where is your treasure? Where is your treasure? All right. So how many of you have been to Mexico? How many of you have been to Mexico? Show of hands. All right. Mexico. Uh, So years ago, I was a sophomore in college, had a friend of mine that took took us to Cancun, Mexico, and we were diving uh, on a wreck. All right. We were in about 20 feet of water when we were diving. And um, I, I saw a grouper, this giant grouper, this, this giant thing. It was probably 300 pounds. His eye was about as big as a saucer. And so he made his presence known, came right up to me. And I didn't know this, but they kind of square up with you and put their fins out like this. And then they make this noise that comes from inside. They drum. It goes, broom, broom. And man, it just reverberated through the water. And uh, it looked like Aquaman. You know what I mean? Broom, broom. And I just backed up. I said, you're bigger than I am. You can have this space. This is all about you right now. Big grouper, go ahead. And so I went to the other side of the reef and I started messing around on the bottom and I picked up this thing that was about yay big, about seven inches long, maybe three inches, you know, wide like this and maybe two and a half inches thick like this. And when I picked it up, I was like, man, that's really heavy. That's super heavy. So I called a buddy over and he helped me pick it up. He had one end, I had the other end and I started rubbing on it like this And I thought to myself, that looks like, come on, finish it with me. It looks like gold. And so I was like, oh, and he was like, oh, and we were like, and he was like, and we were both like, dang. And the dive master came over about that time and he gave us an international sign for put it down. He was just gone. His eyes were huge. Put it down, put it down. So we put this thing down. I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. And he rounded up about eight of us. We were, we were diving. And he said, oh, you know, he got us all to the surface. We got in the boat. He dropped a buoy out, right? The little buoy, like blink. And the buoy went down to mark where we were. And then he got, in, got us all in the boat and he zoomed off for like 10 minutes. And another boat joined us. And I wish I could have spoken Spanish at the time. I mean, I, I, agua, leche, bamo, that's all I got. <laughs> and, I'm, and so all eight of us, I'm like, can you speak Spanish? And none of us could speak Spanish. And I just, so they were just going back and forth. And I heard rapido, come on now. And muy importante. And, and the other boat, some of you are like, oh, you poor soul. That's all you got. The other boat zoomed off towards the buoy and we went to this little shallow place and we're out there and whatever. And I, listen, I think that was a bar of gold, y'all. I think that's a bar of gold. And so when, so, and I wish I had it. I wish, I wish, I wish. So, it's a, so, so we start like this, where's your treasure? When we think about treasure, you think about you know, whether it's hidden treasure, or you're looking for something, or Ocean's Eleven, and, and you know, kind of the movies, and or just we're enamored with just wealth in and of itself. You know, here's what I want to do. I want to pray us in, okay? I want to pray us in. I want to ask God to show us where our true treasure is. Lord Jesus, thank you for today, and we pray that you would show all of us. Come on, I just want you to open your heart. Show us where true treasure lies. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. The Bible's really clear about what true treasure is. And uh, he says in Matthew 13, that the treasure is in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. 
And so the scripture says that the man finds buried treasure in a field. He goes and sells all he has to buy the field, to buy the field. Now you could think that's Jesus in a person's heart, or you could think about it as treasure invested in the kingdom of God on earth and in heaven. If you've got a Bible or you can grab the app, all right, the crossing app, join us in Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Here's the admonition. Do not store it for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but store it for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Here's the important part. For where your treasure is, can you see it on the screen? Can everybody see it on the screen? Okay, let's read it together. So, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So your heart is tied to where your treasure is, right? Um, and, and so that's the inclination or the connection of your heart in what God does. Um, if you've got a Bible, again, or you can go to the app, go to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, chapter 9. I wanna give you a little overview about how we get to chapter 9. Paul was in his second missionary journey and the church um, in Jerusalem came to know Jesus. So Jewish people trusted in Christ and they converted from Judaism to Christianity. When they did, there was a lot of hardship in this church in Jerusalem, a lot. They were, uh, we think about oppression today, the oppression was much more severe. They were very, very poor. And so Paul went through Asia Minor here in Galatia. Today, this would be Turkey and these are the Balkan states and above the Black Sea, that would be where the Ukraine is. Everybody kind of get a reference point? Okay, you with me? Good, one of you's with me at the Tampa campus. God bless you. <laughs> you guys are like, mm-mm. All right, so just, this, is, this is what it was 2,000 years ago. This is Turkey today. He moved through Asia Minor and then he got over here to Greece and he's talking to the Macedonian church who's talking to the Corinthian church. And so... This, this, the northern church, the southern church, and here's what he says. You guys are in Greece who are in the north. You're pretty, you're, you don't have it very well off. He said, but out of the grace of God, you gave yourselves first to me. You gave your heart to me. So when we're talking about resource, we're talking about giving, God starts the conversation in chapter eight, and he says to the Macedonian church, way to go, way to give me, God, your whole life. Way to do that. And then they collected an offering for the poor church who was in Jerusalem. And so he's using the northern church in Macedonia to talk to the southern church in Corinth, 2 Corinthians. And he says to them, he says, listen, you guys, you're so gifted and you're so blessed. And you have, don't we have a lot in our country, you guys? I mean, we're just overwhelmed with stuff, aren't we? And he says, so you have an intention to give. You have an intention to serve me. Go ahead and complete it with, what you, with your resource to give. And then here, let's jump into 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this, he says, to the Corinthian church, and he's referencing the Macedonian church who gave, well, let's do this. How many of you have just given out of, given in times when you don't have anything? Come on. Come on, everybody, listen. He, so he's saying, I'm using them as an example for you who has a, you have a bunch of stuff. And, and I want you to remember this, this principle. Here we go. Um, uh, verse six, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. That means whoever gives sparingly receives sparingly back, all right? Um, all right, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 
Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Come on, church, can we, get, come on, can we, can we thank God? So listen, let, real quick, really, really quickly, if you give like this, like, how many of you have kids that just, you know, you'd say, hey, can you take the trash out? And they're like, skip the dee doo da, skip the dee, right? They go, it's not a lot of, like, not a lot of fuss. Don't you appreciate that? Can you, can, in your house that you pay for with all you do, if you say, you take the trash out and they're like, you're like, man, take the trash out. You guys know what I'm saying? God cares about our hearts. He cares about, he, he cares about our hearts. Then he goes on and God is able, I want you to receive this today. God is able, God is able. God, the God you serve is able. When you give to him, he is able, able, he's able. Listen, he's able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You'll abound in good work, okay? When you give to, the God, when you give to God, God abounds in good work to you. And so some years ago, I especially want you to listen if you're struggling right now, because whenever we give a, a, a conversation, we talk about the scripture and we talk about giving and just like, I don't have enough. I'm tired from the get go. You said giving, I said, dang. And some of you feel like that in your heart. I want you to know that in the time of your struggle is when you need to know that God's grace can abound to you. That's when you need to know. Years ago, when we merged the church, 16 years ago now, we had planted a church and we were merging with this church and uh, we had a thousand in that church, a thousand in this church, and we needed resource. Our family needed resource. The church needed resource. And it was just time. It was that season in the church. And so I was at Chick-fil-A on Causeway here in Brandon. If you're wherever you are around the world, thank our military. Come on. God's so good. Thank you. Thank you for serving. <clears throat> we were <clears throat> I was in Brandon at Chick-fil-A. We call it Jesus Chicken. And so I was in line at Jesus Chicken and I had, I had a lot of weight on me. I mean, a lot of weight. Young pastor, a lot of responsibility, merging the churches. We had need, we had great need. And so I'm saying to God in the line, I'm saying, God, please, do you talk to God like this? God, please help me. Yes. You, see, you see what's going on and I know that you're there and I know you love me and I need you to respond. I'm, I'm asking you, please respond. And I felt in my spirit, God come right to me like this. And if you're brand new here to the crossing, I want you to know it's normal to talk to God and it's normal for God to talk to you. Amen. It's normal for God to talk to you. It's not abnormal. It is normal for you to hear because the Bible says that you're his son or daughter. You're, you're his sheep and you know the shepherd's voice. He speaks. And, and so I'm in line and he, this phrase comes to me, I'll make all grace abound to you. Now I read the scripture, I read the Bible every year from cover to cover at least once. And, but then I, I had to sit there and think while I'm waiting for my, my chicken and uh, Jesus chicken and... <laughs> It's special chicken. It's anointed. Isn't it anointed? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's anointed stuff. I mean, it's so good. They're closed on Sunday. Thank God, but not thank God. Anyway, I'm, I'm waiting and the Lord says, I'll make all grace abound to you. And, and, and so uh, he said, I'll give you a double portion. I'll give you a double portion because that's what goes along with grace. I'll give what you need. Listen to this. Watch, watch, watch. Not just what you need, but an abounding abundance of what you need. If you're in need right now, I want you to pray to the Lord and I want you to ask him, say, Father, listen, but, but here, read the scripture and give your life to him. 
and read the scripture and give your resource to him. And then when you pray, you're pulling on what you've already deposited. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? And so um, I'm in line. They hand me my food. I got a you know, chicken sandwich. I got fries. I got a Coke. I got a Diet Coke, to be specific, because you can't get a Coke. There's too much sugar in a Coke. I'm try- I was trying to lose weight then, too. I've been trying to lose weight my whole life, y'all. I mean, seriously. It's like, I'll get a Diet Coke, right? It's trying to lighten the Titanic and throw a lawn chair off of it. Why do we do this to ourselves? I'll take a diet coat. Less sugar. Come on, y'all. That was funny. You guys, come on, man. Get a regular coat. And so I open the bag and in, in I, I've never seen this before. I open the bag, get my sandwich out, and there are two chicken breasts in my one sandwich. And I said... This is Jesus chicken. And, and so the Lord spoke to me so clearly out of that little illustration. Some of you are like, you're crazy. No, I'm not crazy. I know the God that I serve. And the God that I, and the God that I serve speaks through all kinds of circumstances and, and through every situation. He's the engineer of all circumstance. And when you're praying and when you're in need and when you're asking God, you want to look around, go to the word of God. Don't just pick stuff out of the air. Go to the word of God, but listen to what he says. And I had such peace come over my spirit. I just said, God, if you can make somebody give me two chicken breasts, I know you're on my side. And I, and I know that what I'm praying about, you heard, and I came back to the church and I had uh, authority and clarity and I spoke and, and God has just, God has moved. God moved then and God is moving now. And so he, he is good. He is good. Here's the rest of the scripture. Listen, here's the rest of the scripture and what God wants to do to make you rich. God never promised to make you rich in your hand with money. Come on, somebody. He promises to make you rich in your heart for righteousness. That's what he promises to do. God is not about like, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you, you know what I mean, so you can stack up a bunch of stuff. No, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. I'm going to bless you so that you pull it all in and then you release it back to me for the kingdom of God because that's where treasure truly is. That's where treasure exists. So here he goes, verse 10. Now, I'm going to skip down to verse 10, okay, those of you who are, who, are, who are back there. Now, he who supplies seed for the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your, say my, my. righteousness. And you'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on all occasions and through you, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. When you give around the world, there's a thanksgiving that goes up because of your giving. All right, here we go. 12, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God himself. Isn't it awesome when you have need and somebody shows up to meet the need? And on on behalf of God, you say, thank God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Because of the service by which you're providing your, by you, okay, let me slow down. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. 14. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go up to you because of their surpassing grace God has given to you. And then it ends a scripture like this. Thanks be for his indescribable gift. Can we thank God for Jesus? Come on. He's church. So God blesses you. You release 
you release the grace. When you release the grace, there are people around the world that pray to God and say, thank you, God. And then God comes. There's this triangle that happens. And there's just this, this moving thing where God says, I want to use your life. I want to use you to be a blessing. And when you do, I'm going to receive praise for those who receive it. And then there's going to be blessing and grace that comes back to you in this revolving sort of section, this thing that happens. It's anointing. It's grace. So I want you to say, God is able. Come on. God is able. He's, he's able. He's able. Listen, he's able. He's able, he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ask or you can imagine according to the power that's at work inside of you. There's a kingdom process and then there's priority and let me describe the process to you. But you will receive power when you go to the Lord and when you pray and when you fast and when you seek him, when you have need, whatever it might be, when the Holy Spirit lands on you, you'll receive power and you're gonna be my witnesses. You're gonna speak for me. You're gonna walk for me, you're gonna talk for me, you're gonna serve for me, you're gonna give of your time, talent, and your treasure. And when you do, I want you to move from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the world. So here's what he was saying in the time of scripture. The scripture was at the center point here in Jerusalem, and he says, now I want you to talk for me, walk for me, give for me in Judea, go to the next region. Then I want you to talk for me, walk for me, I want you to serve me in Samaria, the next biggest region and then on to the uttermost parts of the world. And so we apply that here in Tampa. I want you to serve your local community. You know how many people have need right here? A whole bunch of people. And if you don't have transparency for the number of people who have need, come with us and join a life group and we will show you kids that are five minutes from where I'm teaching right now that don't have food. They only have food every three days. Five minutes from where I'm teaching right now. Kids don't have food. For every three, every third day, they're food deficient is what they're called. Lots of them do not have school supplies. Lots of them have one set of clothes and a whole bunch of them just live in a place that you would think, man, that is, that's not fair. And it isn't fair. He says, I want you to work in Brandon. Then I want you to work in the area. Then I want you to work in the state. Come on, somebody, you with me? Then I want you to work in the nation. Then I want you to work around the world. And so what I wanna spend time doing here for just a moment is I wanna tell you where your resource is going. I wanna show you, if you give $1 here at the crossing, God is multiplying your efforts right here across the street and around the world. So if somebody said, hey, what, does, how, what's, what difference does your money make at the crossing church? I want you to say, we're changing lives. Come on, say, we're changing lives. We're changing lives. Across, the street, across the street and around the world. Around the world. Here we go, the church is the hope of the world. Here's a local ministry, and, and I'm gonna, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read some of these, and I want you to listen, and then some of them are going to be attached to pictures, and these are snapshots. I, we could spend, I promise you, I could spend two hours just going through all of the things your church, your church, say my church, my church. your church does. I, I could spend, I really could spend two hours. Here's Pastor Hector down at South Shore. What's up, South Shore? Woo, 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 woo. And so they're packing boxes, they're getting, thing, getting things ready. And so we delivered 1,145 backpacks and 550 bags of food to local schools. It's just in the last calendar year. <clears throat> Nine shopping carts full of baby items to uh, Choices Pregnancy Care Center where ladies are choosing to continue to have their babies, incredible ministry in uh, Choices. We partnered with Bread of Refuge to donate 33 
55 gallon bags of clothes for the homeless, all right? We, we partner with Amazing Love to prepare, listen to this, 4,700 meals for the homeless. All three campuses distributed 5,500 boxes of hope from Metropolitan Ministries. During Thanksgiving, we gave away 500 turkeys, that's 7,500 pounds of food during Thanksgiving. At Christmas, we sent 1,286 shoe boxes to Operation Christmas Child, which is Samaritan's Purse. These, are, these, these boxes go to kids that don't get a single gift, sometimes their entire life. They don't get a single gift. And so, and Sisterhood Christmas Coffee raised $47,000 for those who are in need. <clears throat> and hundreds and hundreds of hours, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of community service and helping people cut their grass and paint their fence and paint their house and move stuff out and, and move rocks out of driveways and all of this stuff, incredible things. If you wanna be a part, join a life group and come join us, serve the community, okay? Come, come jump in. Regional ministry. Uh, there was a ministry uh, that's called To Gather. It's gathering churches. We believe in the unity of the church, right? Come on, if the, if the church can get together, the devil doesn't have a chance. He doesn't have a chance. Just, he doesn't have a chance. Last year, there were 33 churches that got together, about 2,000 people. It was at a church. We, we couldn't make the turn fast enough to physically be there, so we supported financially. This year, um, Pentecost Sunday is June 5th, all right? And so it would be amazing if all of you could go to Saturday. Let's all go to Saturday night service. We're at your campus, okay? Everybody say, Saturday night, Saturday night, Saturday night. All right, you got it. We'll all go to Saturday night, and then on Sunday, instead of coming to church at our church, let's go to church at the big church with the rest of the churches. Let's go, 50 churches. The goal is 50 churches and 5,000 people. We're going to Steinbrenner Field this year, June 5th, okay? And so when we get to Steinbrenner Field, there's no preaching, there's no teaching, just prayer and worship. Yeah. Prayer and worship. And so the center section in Steinbrenner will be set aside and, and that could seat 8,000. I think, you know, the goal is 5,000 this year and then maybe next year 8,000, then a couple years, maybe 13,000, 13,000, the whole stadium. And then after we fill Steinbrenner, let's go ahead and go to the amphitheater right there on 275, right? Let's go, let's go there. And then after there, let's go to the Tampa Stadium. Let's, let's do it. God's up to greater things, isn't he? He's up to greater things. And I promise you, God says, where there is unity, I will command the blessing. I will, I will. Can you imagine? God can't help to come whenever pastors and churches get together and they say, I don't care about denomination or race or creed or color. We're going to worship Jesus. And when, and when we do, heaven's coming down. Heaven, wouldn't it be amazing if God got a hold of this region, shut down every brothel on 60? Just shut it down. Just shut it down. Some of you are like, that's mean. No, it's not mean. It saves lives. And, and, and everybody who's there can come here. <laughs> Some of you married women are like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. And we say, mm-hmm. We say, uh-huh. God is gracious. And every person who's caught in an, caught in an alternate lifestyle can come right here. 
And every person, listen, everybody who's confused about gender can come right here, right here. Why? Because, listen, if, if they don't know we love them, they can't hear the message of Jesus. You can't. So unity, unity is a big deal. On the world stage, as you move Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, other most parts of the world, world ministry, we, uh, we partner with a guy named Oscar Mumba from Zambia, Africa. When you say Mumba, you got to say Mumba. Mumba. And so he comes here yearly. He's a prayer rocket. I mean, the guy just holds prayer in his heart. And so coming out of COVID in 21, they're associated with 50 churches. And the churches in Africa were desperately hit by COVID. They, they have uh, wave number four, and it was much more lethal in Zambia. And I mean, very, very, Oscar lost his father and the, uh, the head elder at the church lost him within the same week. I mean, just, just devastating stuff. And so we said, hey, let's pray and let's serve the church in Zambia that's got 50,000 people in it. And uh, over one weekend, you collected $50,000 to send to them. <clears throat> so you're doing, listen, you're doing great things. If somebody said, what's your resource doing at the cross? You say, across the street and around the world, we're changing lives. We're, we're changing lives. We are. Crisis relief, and we know what's going on in the Ukraine, and Samaritan's Purse is an incredible, incredible organization, and we just got together last week and dispersed funds to go to the Ukraine, and I want you to know that right now, your resource is going to the Ukraine. Right now. Right now. Okay, two last things in this section, then we're going we're gonna to get to priority, and we'll wrap it up, Okay. We're, we're, we're moving. The largest humanitarian problem in the world is water, is water. And not having clean drinking water, 7.2 billion people on the planet, 2.2 billion people don't have clean drinking water. And so we partner with Life Outreach International, James Robinson, incredible man. You can see in this picture, he's, that was a little while ago. He was a little younger in the picture. He's still an awesome, awesome man. And so he spoke, he's spoken to more people by the age of 21 than any person in human history for Jesus. More than Billy Graham, more than anybody. So he was filling stadiums of 50,000 when he was 18 years old to preach the gospel. And God said, I want you to come off of the big stage and the lights, and I want you to go to the least of these. So their ministry, Life Outreach International, is in 70 countries. They feed, listen to this, you feed 350 million children a year. You feed. Man, incredible. So addressing water is a huge deal. It's a really, really big deal. This is the infographic. Lots of people in the world have water that look like this. We wouldn't think of that here in America, but 2.2 billion people only have water like this. They drill wells, they start churches, they do microfinance, you're involved in all of that. About 7,000 wells since 2000, and each well can service 3,000 people, so that's 20 million people that you've given water to. Come on. Incredible. The solution for water might come out of Tampa, Florida, which is, might be surprising to you, but it really, is, it really is true. Dr. David Stuckenberg is an engineer, brilliant guy, and he has created this thing called a water cube, and the water cube pulls water out of the atmosphere and turns it into drinking water. He has moved his organization to Tampa. Uh, James Robinson, yeah, man, come on, we can clap it up. God's good. So it's one thing to pull water out of the atmosphere in Tampa where it's 90% humidity, right? It's just like water. Um, 
it's a different thing in the Sahara. It's a harder problem. And if this cube works in the Sahara, it's a very difficult problem. He will absolutely change the entire world and give drinking, clean drinking water to the world. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. So James Robinson, there's James now. James came in September of last year and James is partnering with him and we're partnering with James. And so I just want you to know some of the things that are going on. God is so good, isn't he, church? Pray for Dr. Stuckenberg because, man, people need water. They need water. But your giving is going to the right places. The largest redemptive problem in the world is the 1040 window. When I say redemptive, so water is the need humanitarian need, the 1040 window, which is longitude, latitude, is the redemptive need. This group of people are the most uh, under-Christianized group of people on the planet. This is uh, Northern Africa, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Iran, Pakistan. This is India. This is China. All of that's Russia. Mother Russia. All of this is, all of this is China, okay? And then all of these, that Myanmar, Taos, Cambodia, all these, the Philippines, Korea, uh, uh, J- uh, that's Japan. Here are the Philippines. Let me get my geography right. Um, and so this group of people, now watch this. Almost all of this to here, to India, is Muslim. India is mostly Hindu. China is mostly communist. Very hard to preach the gospel in a communist country. America. Let me, let me say that again. Let me just say it again. Sheesh. It's hard to preach the gospel in socialism or communism. It's hard to preach the gospel. It just, that is not the way we need to go. And now I'll get off my little box and I'll go back to preaching. There are 2.2 billion people in these two nations right here, India and China. That's a whole bunch of people. And I want you to know The center for Christianity has changed around the world. Christianity started right here with Christ. It moved over here to Europe, right, where the Bible was conformed and all those things. It was European. Then it came over here to America, and America was the sending nation to these nations to hear the gospel. Today, the largest church in the world by far is the underground church in China. Come on, somebody. By far. I mean, by far. But they don't report the numbers because the communist nation doesn't want you to know it's Christian. You can't report, you can't report that. And so if you want to know what Christianity would look like on a world scale, it would be a 22-year-old Asian female. She's 22. She's an Asian female. And that's where the center, the heart of Christianity is. And, and it is very, very important to reach these people groups out of the 7.2 billion people because the Muslim nations need to be encountered with Christ. So does Hindu. So does communism. So does Buddhism. And I'll tell you what, Jesus is bigger than all of that. He's bigger than all of it. So your resource is going to change. We go local. We go regional. We go to the ends of the earth. You're helping to solve the water problem, which is the problem. And you're helping to solve the gospel penetration problem in the 1040 window. We partner with a guy who runs a ministry, Crossing Cultures International. This is David and Mindy Nelson. And uh, they're actually neighbors of ours. And what they do is they train pastors around the world, okay? And they train them in the gospel, regular men and women. They train them in the scripture. And then they deploy them to preach in that 1040 window to win people to Jesus. Now, do you know, listen, in a Muslim nation, in a, in a Hindu nation, whatever it is, they don't, if you can drill a water well, they'll listen to you about Jesus. 
I'm telling you, when you meet somebody's need, their felt need, you can meet their real need. And their real need is to know Jesus as Savior, right? And so the combination of the working of these things is amazing. I want you to see the amazing results that you are having when you give. Right now, while we're preaching the gospel around the world, this organization, Crossing Cultures International, has, is hosting 550 classes with 14,000 trained leaders in over 130 people groups that are different languages. There are 7,000 people groups in that 1040 window, mostly that don't have a translation of the Bible in their language. Can you imagine that? So how many, how many translations do we have here? I mean, we have 50. Uh, for, for, you know, and so they don't even have one. There are 24 projects going on right now. The impact is 21,000 servant leaders. There are 7,000 pastors that have been trained just over the last 15 years. Come on now, give it up. <laughs> okay, so that, I, I think that helps answer the question, well, what's, what's going on? What, what are some of the resource things that are going on? And, and so that is the process. Here's the priority. And I, I, I brought some pies. And I wanna tell you, in this service at Tampa and at South Shore Plant City, and I don't know if you have pies, but I want you to know, we, we were trying to do the pie illustration here. So we got five pies for you. Go get them in the lobby. God's good, all right? If you like pie, come get them. Here's what happens with American spending uh, this is how our spending is broken up. 25% of our spending right away, all right, can you see that? You getting it? 25 goes to housing, 25 goes to transportation, and that's kind of, you know what I mean? It could be 30 now. <laughs> Open the pipeline. <clears throat> okay. Open it up. I'm not trying to be political, but open it up. I don't care if you're red or blue or green. Open the pipeline. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Some of you are like, mm-mm. Mm. Okay. Then the next, the, those are the, that's 50% of our income. 50% goes to that. Then the next big chunk goes to food. <laughs> All right. Then the next big chunk goes to insurance. Come on, somebody. The next big chunk goes to health care. All right, you see how this pie's ending up? The next chunk that Americans spend is on entertainment. And that's on Hulu and Netflix and Amazon and There's so many things, right? We live in the entertainment capital of the world here in Central Florida. Entertainment. The next biggest chunk of spending goes to clothes, apparel. That means clothes, well, how we dress, where we go. Sorry, I, I borrowed some of the other one. And uh, let's cut out of there. And if you have children, that, see that little one laying there? <laughs> if you got three or more kids, just throw the whole pie out. Just chunk the pie. <laughs> if you got five kids in private school, chunk two pies. Just throw them away. This, this is like sports and entertainment, and if you take vacation and all that, it gets to here. So this little thing right here that's left, it's less than 6%, is called other for Americans. And inside of other is the, is the, the quantitation for charitable giving in here for Christians. So Christians give 3% of their resource, and if you make over $100,000, you give less than 2% of your resource. So now here's what I want to say about this. 
This is a whole lot of living and not, not a lot of giving. A whole lot of living, 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 living. So here's what happens. There's stress on marriage. There's stress on trying to get college paid for. There's stress on the next generation. There's stress on all these things that are here. God has a different plan. Here's a different pie. All right, here's what he says. I want you to tithe. Everybody say tithe. A tithe is a first tenth portion. That's a big chunk. You're like, dang, that's a huge chunk of that pie. Dude, come on, Jesus, help me. That's, he says, give first. Everybody say first. He says, first, 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 give. Give. Why? Because your mortgage company isn't your God. And then he says, now watch this. I'm going to surprise you. He says, save. Tell your neighbor. Say, save. You got to kind of sneak up on them. You know why? Because in America, this one, this... The reason why so many people struggle is because you don't have anything at the end of your life. God says, my priority is to give and save and then live. Give first, save second, then spend. The 80% of the pie, now here, let me make you a promise. When you give and when you save and then you live, God will multiply your pie. He'll multiply your pie. I promise. So... You say, well, how do I do this? How do I do this? A radical reorientation of your lifestyle. Radical. A radical reorientation where you say, Lord, you're first. You're very first. And then I'm going to save. And then, and then I'm going to get less. Watch this, watch this. I'm not messing with you, okay? I'm going to get less house. Come on. It's, I promise you, you're going to get less house right now in Tampa. It's 40% up. People in California, New York are like, this market is awesome. We're like, this market kills. It hurts. Because if you're, this is the new New York in California. This is the new Atlanta. This, this market, is, this market is, is crazy. But God says, Let, reorient your life so that you give to me first. Then you save. Now, get less of whatever. Get less house, get less car, less boat, whatever it is. Get less of that stuff. But make sure you prioritize me because when you do, I can multiply grace unto you. Here's a young family in our church. They're both CPAs, wonderful, wonderful people. Lots and lots and lots and lots. Almost everybody who comes to the crossing gives something. Almost everybody. Americans give that, that 3% or maybe 2%. And, and it's weird that if you make more, you give less. Here's the reason why. Because our eyes look at the numbers. And so it's easy to give 10 bucks. So I say, can everybody give 10 bucks? You're like, yeah. I say, can you give 100 bucks? We go, and so, but I want you to know that the scripture says that it's based on what you earn. You can't give what you don't have. Don't give what you can't have, but give from what you do have. And so it's proportional to every person. It's fair. It's equitable for every person and, and giving first. So this young family has taken the 90 day tide challenge a few years ago. And then I want to end with just showing you what the real blessing is. Check it out. I'll just go now. Yeah. Just go. <laughs> And then do I, you're going to say your name? Yeah, I will say my name. Hi, my name is Rudy Meadows. I'm Ueli. So about two years ago, um, Pastor Greg was giving his tithing challenge, and we had been contributing to the church, but we definitely hadn't been 
tithing. You know, we had been going through um, probably some personal things too, and we were like, you know what, let's do it, let's test him, and let's pray for certain things, and let's see what happens. When we were going through it, we'd always go, man, that's, you know, so much, so many dollars a month, like, that, that's a new car payment, that's, you know, this, and we were always still thinking about it from the opportunity cost perspective. It's not really our money to begin with, so yeah. we shouldn't be looking at what we're sacrificing to give back to him. It's more so like, well, he gave it to us. We might as well give it right back to him. I remember one time Pastor Greg said something where he was like, you know, a lot of people view um, things that happen in their life as coincidences and they don't always relate that to the blessings of God. I think slowly as things started happening throughout that year, I think any other year we would have been like, oh, what a coincidence or, oh, this is awesome that's happening to us. But we were more aware of, hey, like, you know, we started this challenge and we changed something in our lives for the Lord. So every time something started happening, we were like, hey, this is a direct correlation of, you know, what we had started in the beginning of the year. One of the things is like money will kind of just like pop up, you know, out of nowhere. We would get a check from somebody and they were like, you know, it was like, oh, hey, you know, you basically overpaid this amount, this amount, and you know here's an extra like four hundred dollars, and just like oh wow, that's 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 like a lot of money. And then we just noticed that we got a couple of those like right off the bat. And then we both got promoted that summer. And then as we would get like this income coming in, or we would get these bonuses or like our raises, he and I looked at each other and we're like, okay, yeah. we've got to increase our tithing again, you know. No hesitation. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. I mean, everything that was happening was positive. It also, it did something in me spiritually, and I, I believe in Yuli as well, where, you know, you take pride in knowing that you're doing something that the Lord, you know, wants us to do. And, and, and it's just like the having the, the acceptance and the love of your own, you know, father or saying like, hey, you're doing a great job. And I just felt that overwhelming sense of calmness and, you know, just like gratitude. Yeah, so we had been struggling with infertility um, for quite a few years. We um, tried for our first daughter um, and we went through four to five rounds of IVF to have her. And when we started this tithing challenge, we actually were starting the process for our second child. Right before we were about to go into the doctor, um, we actually found out that we were pregnant just on our own. Going back a month before, we did the checkup prior to, and then we found out we were pregnant. And the doctor just said, you know, tells us, okay, well, this is what she has from a medical standpoint. And I was just like, okay, can you be blunt with us? And she's like, you can't have children by yourself. So I remember the moment she called me to tell me that she was pregnant. And I just thought to myself, I was like, this was the Lord. We um, actually have an eight month old baby now, and I am surprised pregnant again. <laughs> um, I am five months pregnant with our third child. So I remember when we found out we were pregnant with this one, we were like, all right, God, like you can stop blessing us in that way now. Like, I think we're good with on the kid front now. <laughs> Come on, isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? All right. So let me in like, let me, <laughs> isn't that fun? Okay, God, you can stop blessing us. The windows of heaven are open. So let me in like this. The blessing is not money. Let me, let me be clear. Listen to it. God is not a genie. You don't put in a quarter, quarter, get out a dollar. It's not how it works. God's not a genie. 
This, this conversation about the tithe is not a silver bullet. It's not that. What it is, is giving your heart to Jesus. You know what the blessing is? The blessing is having meaning in your life and your life being meaningful for true treasure in the kingdom of God. That's what, that's what life is about. Yeah, you can clap for that. You can. God's good. It's, so we just, let's give our lives to the Lord. Let's give our lives to the Lord. Would you, would you bow your heads with me across campuses if you're wherever you are? And let's just say this together. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you died for me. I see it. I surrender. And I give you my life. If, you pray, if you're praying that way, would you indicate to us that you are across our campuses online, wherever you are, and indicate like this. Would you raise your hand on the count of three and hold it up for a minute? One, two, three. Raise your hand all over the house. All over the house. We say all over the house. Can we start moving? Can we move with our cards? If your hand's raised, we're just gonna come to you. We're just gonna give you a card. We just wanna help you get started. We wanna give you a Bible all over the house, all over the house, in the balcony, the bleachers, all over. Hands are raised to my back left. Would you keep your hand up for just a moment? We just wanna make our way to you all over the house. Anybody else? Raise your hand for us. If we missed you, wave at us. Stick it up higher and, and wave. See, right back here, right back here to your, your right. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? We don't want to miss you. Super wave. Amen. In the bleachers, in the bleachers back there. Wave big, wave big. Okay, church, can we thank the Lord? Oh my goodness. Can we thank God? Okay. So, man, if we ever get tired of people coming to Jesus, something's wrong with us. Something is wrong with us. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good. So if you received a card, if you're, if you're a neighbor sitting the next buddy, somebody who received a card, just say to them, I'll go with you and, and you can come up and hand that card to somebody here. We are not going to come to your house. Seriously. Some people are like, no, you're going to come knock on my door. We're not coming to your house. We just want to help you. We want to get you a Bible. We want to help you take the next steps in Christ, whatever that might be for you. We want to help get you in a life group to show you what the church looks like. And then if you want to take the tide challenge, there, there are cards. Maybe you were handed one when you came in, or maybe you can get the QR code. I'm going to leave that up for just a second. You, this does not sign you up for the tide challenge, okay? What it does is it sends you the form to fill out for the tide challenge. And, and again, if you're brand new, you, you can take that down now. Here's what it means. You'd say, I'm going to give my resource for 90 days. And if for any reason, if for any reason you don't feel like there's supernatural result, you can ask for your resource back. We will not ask you a question. We will not bother you. We'll just give you your resource right back. That's what the 90 day tie challenge is. And so, so many, many, many people just trust. We just feel like it's such a big step. The Bible says, test me in this. And so that's what we're doing with the 90 day tie challenge. And that is it. That's it. Everybody say, that's it. All right, I'm praying. Jesus, we thank you. And we thank you for today. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you that you remove from anybody's heart. I, I, I want you to receive this. Listen, if you feel like, man, I just don't want to be a fool. I don't want to be tricked. I want you to know. I want you to know. Matter of fact, look up here for just a second. Listen. The very first time we tied, the first week we tied, we were behind. We lived in South Florida. I was personal training. My wife was modeling. And um, we had too much month for the money. We were $12 short for the whole month. I mean, I mean, we had 12 bucks and we had a month to go. Are you with me now? And I was training a guy who's a CPA. And I said to him, we started the tithe. I heard the tithe message and I gave a $1.20. So out of my 12, not 
$1.20 out of $12, when it's all he's got, it's a lot. Can I get an amen? And I was embarrassed and the whole thing. And I said to him, hey, we started tithing this week. And he laughed in my face like Shrek. He did. He went, ho, ho. He, come on, you guys. You got to laugh with me. You guys, you guys are like stunned. He laughed at me, big old guy. He's like, ho, ho, ho. And then he goes, you're a fool. And I felt it just, I mean, I wilted. It's just 20, 26 years ago. And I just, and I went home and I told my wife and I said, are we fools for doing this? She said, we're not fools because God is real and the scripture is real. And he said that he is faithful. He said that he's faithful. And at the end of that month, at the end of that month, somehow, somehow God does the math. You guys, can I get an amen from those of you who give? He just does it. He just does it. At the end of that month, we had 120 extra dollars after we paid everything. Three months after that, the same guy who had, you know, embarrassed me, hurt, whatever, he's, he had gone through a terrible divorce and he, in his kitchen, he knelt down trembling in tears and said, can you please lead me to Jesus? Show me this Jesus that you serve because I want to give my life to him. And so that's what this is about is giving your life to Jesus. And so here's what I want to lift off of you. Listen, can we all stand? Let's all stand real quick. I want to lift this off of you. If you feel like this is, you got this, this hurt, where you just say, man, I just don't want to be foolish. Listen, just put your hands somewhere. You don't have to lift them up like this. Just put your hands somewhere. Just say, God, God, I trust you. Come on, every voice say, God, I trust you. Okay, it's that simple. Let's leave it right there. Let's leave it right there with him. We hope you enjoyed that message from lead pastor Greg Dumas. Don't forget, you could subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash crossingchurch. There you can watch all of our messages on demand and our live broadcasts. If you would like to sign up for the 90-day tithe challenge, visit our website at wearecrossing.com slash 90-day.